This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham, your host here today with an Ask the Expert interview. Today, I'm really excited to bring you someone that I've worked with over the last few years, and his name is Dan Moore. So Dan, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm always good. Good. I'm so glad. I'm glad that you're able to jump in here with us. It looks very nice where you are right now today. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always good here, too. I'm not sure how that is. (laughs) That's awesome. You live in Tennessee, right? Nashville. Nashville. Awesome. That is capital of the world. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Nashville. I can't wait to actually visit it. Uh, I'm a huge country music fan, so I'm going to be excited to get to get there and check it out. (laughs) I actually listen to 80s music, so I rarely hear country music unless I'm downtown or in the airport or in any establishment. That's awesome. So Amplify You Family, let me tell you a little bit about Dan. So Dan and his wife, Rachel, they have a business where they have, they've got a a few different amazing things that are happening, but they're able to generate a full-time revenue from their blog, podcasts, and teaching courses. And I connected with Dan uh, through the uh, podcasters kit that he uh, does. And it's a really cool, uh, a really cool idea that you've done here, Dan, where you've collected a whole bunch of podcasting experts, put them together. They give a gift and you do it as a, a giveaway or as a, a product that you sell in October of every year. So Dan, tell us a little bit about the Podcasters Kit to start off with. Well, Podcasters Kit is volume two of our stack strategy for the year. And I must say that our, our overall goal is to work four months a year and make a full-time income. So that's what I'm working towards. And we're close. I, I would say we could do it now, but we'd have to eat ramen noodles some of the year. <laughs> um, so the podcaster's kit being volume two is, um, is uh, piggybacking off the success of another product that we have in June called BC Stack. And both of them, the concept behind them is, well, when we were traveling, we traveled to, we, we used to do these workshops all over the world. Um, we did eight-hour workshops, um, and when we were in New Zealand, I, I remember talking about Gary Vaynerchuk, and many people in the room didn't know who that was. Um, and for me, that was strange. I thought the internet was like the great equalizer, um, and you know, and Facebook and all these groups. Like, how could you not know? Well, it dawned on me on the way home that not only did they not know some of our experts, but I I really hadn't met many of their experts. So I thought. What if we made a product where we introduced our audience to their experts and their audience to our experts and vice versa? And then, you know, we were doing, it was more than New Zealand. We were doing workshops everywhere. So, so, so the first year we decided, all right, we're going to take a product, a real live course training product from 65 people. And then we're all going to market the product to the world. 
Um, and that was going to be, we called BC stack. That was, that was the concept. So then the buyer would get 65 courses about digital marketing. Um, we did that for five years before I realized, you know what, if I did two of these a year, then we could probably have a relatively good stable income if I could do that every year. Um, and so then, so I was trying to figure out what, what would the other one be? Because I am kind of a rolling the snowball kind of guy. I like all of my efforts yesterday to pay off tomorrow. So I knew that if we did like a medical product, like I didn't, I didn't have the ad, the audience for that. And I thought, ah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to develop an entire new audience. I want to give the existing audience an opportunity for something else. So um, being a podcaster, and at that time, I think we'd already had 200 episodes of our podcast, which we had, which was called Amplify Today. Um, so I thought, all right, we'll do a podcasting one. There, there isn't a ton of courses out there about podcasting. So I made a few mistakes in my assumption that it would be awesome. Um, and my first mistake was at the time there were not 65 experts with courses on podcasts. <laughs> so I had to make it 45, which it is now it's 45 experts on podcasts. Um, so that was, uh, undersight number one. And then number two was, I thought it would be as big as BC stack from an income standpoint, but, um, my failure to understand exactly how BC stack worked meant that I went into podcasters kit with the idea that I could copy the formula. But part of that formula is with BC stack, I had 200 affiliates who had lists of, of bloggers, of people who blog, of vloggers and some podcasters. But, but when I found 45 experts in podcasting, podcasters don't really have lists. They're just not good at it. And not because they're not good marketers, but because when you're listening to a podcast, you're often at the gym or you're in the car or you're mowing the lawn and you don't have a computer in front of you to join a list. So um, it's a little bit more difficult. So the first year, um, volume-wise, was less than I expected because of those things that I didn't foresee. So we've overcome those challenges uh, in doing other things to make Podcasters Kit almost as big as BC Stack at this point um, and hoping to make it bigger next year. Uh, but, but that's the idea. The buyers get 45 products about podcasting. Mm -hmm. The people who make the products get a list of very targeted people who would like to learn about podcasting. And everyone who promotes, including the affiliates, make the money that comes from the buyers. So it's like a win-win-win kind of a product. Yeah, I love the idea of the product and I'm glad you're, we're discussing this because I think it's a really brilliant um, business strategy because you're connecting with so many other people in the space uh, who have products, who have services, um, and that allows you to build a lot of relationships, which we're all about relationship yeah. building over here. So I think that's a really great way to like build relationships. And so if people are thinking at home thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm brand new to the parenting space, how do I, how do I get into the parenting space or, you know, connecting with other experts that have something of value like this, I think is such a cool, it's a cool uh, concept. Would you recommend this uh, as a way for someone to kind of start uh, start getting um, some relationships in an industry? I would recommend a similar strategy. Mm -hmm. 
but maybe not this if you're just getting started. Because building a product like the stack, there's a, there's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty steep learning curve. There's a lot of parts involved. But if you're just getting involved and you're interested in creating those kinds of relationships, I am a huge fan of the roundup. Mm-hmm. And a roundup is a very simple concept, especially in the parenting space. Because, you know, Rachel, mm-hmm. my wife, she writes uh, for mothers. Okay. So um, twice a year, we do a roundup on Finding Joy. And that is, I reach out to people that I want to know mm-hmm. in the space. Now, I don't reach out randomly because prior to having decided to do the roundup, I've already created what I call a universe spreadsheet. So I've gone through Amazon. I've looked for every book on parenting and I've put the author's name on the spreadsheet as authors on parenting. And then I go to LinkedIn and I look for everybody who says they're an expert on parenting. And then I go to Twitter and I find the people who are the experts and then Facebook and YouTube. And, um, you know, I scour the earth basically for all of the people who say that they're experts in my niche, mm-hmm. because I know that if, um, if an audience member is interested in parenting, they probably have bought parenting books. So they probably have some of these people on the shelf or they've watched a Netflix story on parenting. So I, I've, I've included those people as well. So when it comes time for the roundup, um, my goal is okay. Um, and you can find this on findingjoy.net, but, uh, you know, how would you describe motherhood, you know, in like three sentences? Um, so I reached out to the uh, editor of Good House TV magazine. And it's not very difficult to say yes to this when I say, hey, would you like to be part of this roundup and tell us what, you know, in your words, what motherhood is? Uh, and in return, I'm going to include you in a, this blog post. I'm going to include your name, your website, your link, your bio, all that stuff about you. But, but this quote that's going to get shared by, you know, a million people, it seems like. Um, and that is a really simple way to approach someone if you're a beginner. Say, hey, I'm writing this thing. I'd like to feature you. Would you like to just tell me, you know, a paragraph about, you know, what is your definition of this? Or what is your answer to this? Or, you know, what do you think about COVID as a parent? Um, and people will answer you. And now all of a sudden you've got an email relationship with someone where you've asked somebody, they said, yes, you put them in, you sent them a link. It has their nice picture. It has their link. You've given them exposure, you know, like it has begun. Now the second step could easily be uh, maybe even a smaller version of, uh, of the stack. And some people just call them giveaways. And that is where you just ask some people, Hey, do you have a product you'd like to put in this and we'll Mm -hmm. give it to my audience. Um, And then you could work your way up. But, but I would say starting with something like, uh, podcasters kit or the stack is difficult for me to to recommend because <laughs> yeah. it's a shopping cart it's affiliate software it's, it's like a lot of moving pieces it's <laughs> a lot of moving pieces um yeah. so yeah for me it's that's a tough way to go unless you're just really gung-ho yeah i love the idea of the roundup post though because it gives you that warm introduction you're building a relationship that you can reach back out for another something later and that's one of the things that i love about podcasting is that you could probably do something similar in podcasting and get yes. a whole bunch of people reach out i know actually um uh, as someone i know we reached out to 25 podcasters and got some a quote on like what their thoughts were on podcasting now she uses that as a as an opt-in which i think that's a brilliant idea i could see yeah, that yeah. being used in like a, in an interview or like in a in a podcast episode too actually my wheels were spinning as you were talking it's like oh, that's a good idea <laughs> 
So a couple of the podcasters that have asked me, like, how do we start? Um, one of them was in the health field. And I forget what his niche is, it's kind of specific in the health field. Mm-hmm. So I said, are there any conferences for this particular thing? And he's like, yeah, there's like five conferences a year. And I'm like, well, why don't you go to the conference website and then find all of the speakers and make them your guests and then tell the guy that's running the conference that you're going to interview all the speakers and see if he'll promote your podcast. And, you know, like it's worked. So it worked every time I've suggested to someone. They that's come great. <laughs> that works great. So if you're looking to get started, I mean, that's an easy way to get started. Yeah, I love that idea. That's really cool. So, Dan, you have a podcast as well. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast? Yeah, we did a podcast um, called Amplify Today. We had mm-hmm. 300 episodes, Rachel and I. And I killed it, even though Rachel liked it. <laughs> and I killed it because, one, I started it because I thought we needed to start a podcast. Like, that mm-hmm. was the depth of the reason. There was no mm-hmm. real heart in it. Uh, and while it got really good, I mean, we got ranked pretty high. We had a lot of downloads. We had a lot of fans. Um, it was a um, popular culture news podcast. And I totally got bogged down. And this is something that might happen. I mean, sometimes you get bogged down, but I got bogged down with the idea that why, how do I promote the episode about Ello, this social media website that came and went like four years ago? How do I promote that two years from now when it's gone? How, like, like no one's ever gone back and watched the daily news from last night, the six right. o'clock. <laughs> Nobody watches last week's news, right? Yeah. So I got stuck in this. I just couldn't see I was the, the idea of rolling the snowball and the business getting mm-hmm. bigger. I'm like, how do I promote these old episodes about right. things that don't exist? So we quit it. And then um, podcasters kit was getting bigger and BC stack was getting a little bigger. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit of free time. <laughs> and um, there was something I grew up with that I really, really loved. And it didn't exist for my kids. And that was, uh, this guy named Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey was a radio newsman, maybe 40 or 50 years doing the news. And he had this story, and he was syndicated on more stations than any other newscaster. And his, his show was seven minutes, I think. And he had a segment called the, the Rest of the Story, where he would tell a story about someone famous um, but he wouldn't tell you who it was till the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So you'd hear this unbelievable tale. tale. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he would tell you, and that was President John F. Kennedy. And now you know the rest of the story. Cool. So I, I loved it. Like if it was on, I wouldn't even, I didn't care if I was late for a meeting. I was not getting out of the car until that story. <laughs> so I, I wanted to recreate that. I wanted to be Paul Harvey. So while I don't have a a podcast where it tells you who it was at the end, I try to give you that exact same feeling as you're listening to it of all these, holy crap, I had no idea those two people like were involved together. I had no idea that Paul Harvey was at uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Like, like, I try to find these unbelievable moments where you leave it and go, holy crap, I had no idea that Twinkle Twinkle Little Star was the reason that we say the alphabet. 
the way we do. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, how do you come up with these uh, episodes? Like, where do you where do you look? Where, how, it's like it's not something I, you can just Google, right? <laughs> none of it can you can Google. <laughs> and the the part of the show is that as I begin it, I would tell you that none of these stories have ever been told before, and that's because. I mean, I do some crazy research. So far, I've only been able to do one a month. It's so much research. Right. Um, but everything that I've, every episode we've done is something that I've always been interested in in my life. Mm. Um, like right now, I'm working on an episode about uh, apartheid in South Africa. Mm. And for me, you know, for my generation, that was a big story in the 80s. There was always mm. talk about how the white government was oppressing the blacks in, in South Africa. And then Nelson Mandela and all this other stuff. Well, I don't know if you know this, but there's this guy named Rodriguez. And uh, he was an American musician. Mm -hmm. 1971, he put out an album. That album didn't go anywhere. Nobody cared about it. So he quit music and started working in construction in Detroit. But somebody took that album to South Africa. And it went viral. Wow. He legged it left and right. And it, he became more popular than Elvis and the Beatles. Wow. Meet anyone from South Africa uh, who lived there in the 80s and ask about Rodriguez. They will know exactly who that is. They will know how much, just like Bruce Springsteen or U2 or Elvis means to us. And he did not know it until 1996 when two reporters decided they're going to find out whatever happened to this Rodriguez guy who means so much to South Africans. And he was living in squalor in Detroit and they convinced him to come to South Africa. And he did five sold out shows in front of 20,000 people had wow. no idea that he was who he was. That's crazy. So, <laughs> this happened during apartheid at the same time that Paul Simon went there to record Graceland against mm -hmm. everyone's wishes that he would go to South Africa. So I'm putting that story together about wow. how the music inside of South Africa helped break down the culture of apartheid. Um, wow. It's all just the stuff that I've always wanted to know, you know, like even the, this last month was the story behind uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, how did I they find <laughs> Like, where did that all come from? So uh, yes. for me, it's, and let me tell you something about podcasting. My podcast is not like yours. Like I don't mm -hmm. interview. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I watch all, I used to watch all these shows about how do you grow as a podcaster and they're all like, it's talking about your guests and how do you get your guests to promote? And I'm like, man, I am just, I'm not doing that. I'm telling these stories and am I going to tell stories until, you know, the end of the earth and like 11 people are going to listen to them because I don't, <laughs> I don't do what they do. Right. But what I have found is that not every path that's paved with gold is the only path to success. Sometimes you have to create your own. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have done that with the podcast. I have decided, um, I have broken apart every single episode and I've made a list of, there's probably a hundred references in every episode to a person, mm -hmm. a place or a thing. And I have found those people and I've told them about the episode. Um, and like I did an episode where, uh, Margaret and H.A. Ray, who wrote um, Curious George, they were in Paris when Hitler was arriving and they had to flee Paris. And he built bicycles and they rode from Paris to Spain on bicycles with the Curious George manuscript. It was the only thing they had. And they went to Brazil and then they finally made it to New York City and published that book. 
Well, I found an audience in all of the Holocaust museums. Um, and they have been promoting it like crazy. Wow. That's just, interesting. Just because it's popular culture and it's, yeah. keep, it's interested in what went on with the Holocaust. So people don't yeah. forget. So every episode, I've been able to find someone who has a vested interest in the success of the episode um, yeah. to help me promote it. And uh, unlike every guru who tells you how to grow a podcast, there's another way. Yeah, oh. I love that way. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, and as we're moving more into like that transform, what we teach a lot of about is transformational podcasting uh, so that you're inspiring the listener to like make a transformation and make a change and do something with their life. I love that because that you're, you've found a different way of connecting with people that these stories will really matter to. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I'm looking on Podomatic right now as we're talking and like, I've seen a huge jump in your consumption of your episodes. Is that, do you think that's strictly related to what you just said, that strategy? Um, it is a hundred percent related to that strategy. Mm -hmm. I use a, a service called TalkWalker and I tell TalkWalker uh, all of the keywords that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, with Charlie Brown podcast. um, Right now, I want to know every single person on the planet that mentions a Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm. So um, the moment that happens, they if it's on Twitter, they get a tweet about, hey, did you hear the story behind a Charlie Brown Christmas? And here's the link to the podcast. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So if it's a blog, there's a comment, you know, but um, I, I need to find people who have a vested interest in the subject. Mm -hmm. For me, that's basically the target market, right? Right. Um, and my target market in my head is seniors mm -hmm. i think seniors used to listen to radio they, they like radio stories um i I'm, I'm kind of a slower traditional storyteller it's not animated it's not lots of people joking and laughing it's, it's pretty much just a story um and i think that they resonate with that so mm -hmm. uh, i've been getting senior senators to, to play them uh, at lunch um cool. you know because it's old stories um mm -hmm. you know, World they can relate to yeah yeah pretty much everything in the 20th century in fact every story ends in the 20th century um and it's called tracing the path because i take something in the 20th century and i uh, even with the charlie brown christmas i connect it to johannes gutenberg and the the printing press you know cool. so um yeah so you know they like it so oh, i just have to find them and if they're yeah. talking about something that i've got a podcast on i let them know that they can listen to the episode Hmm. I think that's a unique way of um, looking at, uh, you know, reaching out to a different kind of different kind of audience for your podcast. Oh, yeah. so it's at, cool. least, at least 200 people a day that are just cold just just because they've mentioned something really. Yeah. Wow. And so this platform reaches out for you. No, no, I, or you're actually reaching out to all of these people. See, here's the learning curve of our business. <laughs> Walker helps me find them. Right. And then eClincher mm -hmm. helps me contact them. Mm. And then Zapier helps me connect the two. Like it's a, yeah. there's, a, there's a learning curve for everything that we do when for you sure. get to the point where you're making a full-time income. Um, so while everything seems simple, I got to tell you, there's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, but it seems like you've created uh, with BC Stack and Podcasters Kit, you've really created some systems now that you're able to now, like you mentioned, have a goal of working four months a year. Um, yep. I think that's, that's really, that's really awesome. That's what a lot of people are, you know, wanting to do in their life, work less, 
spend more time living. (laughs) Do you you attribute some of that to systems? I wish that I could say that. (laughs) You kind of created the systems though, after all the trial and error though, right? (laughs) Are you like me and not a systems person? (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely a systems person, but I'm not very good at writing down what the system was the last time. Right. So that this time, so it takes me about three times for each project for me to have written it down, filled in the blanks and have a good template from which I can actually hire a VA or something like here's, mm-hmm. here's the steps, but right. it really takes me three times because I just suck at it. <laughs> I'm good well, at making things happen, but then recording them, not so good. Yeah, I <laughs> can totally relate. Well, it's interesting because you, um, you know, we, you're, you're also a fellow category director of podcast magazine. You write as the professional podcaster category and gadgets and gizmos, and you have a podcast. You had another successful podcast, but you guys spend a lot of your time in a large amount of your revenue comes from a blog. So I would love to know, you spend so much time in the podcasting space blogging is something that, you know, a lot of podcasters or people who want to podcast think that that was, you know, the yesterday's big thing was blogging, but it's very much still alive in, especially in your guys' family. So can you share with us a little bit about the blog? So findingjoy.net has 800,000 fans on Facebook and then another 200,000 on the other platforms. And really, um, Really, what what uh what it boils down to is Rachel's ability to encapsulate her thoughts and put them on paper in a way that makes you th- say that is exactly what I was thinking. That is exactly how I feel. That strength that she has mm-hmm. um, has led to, you know, some of her quotes get shared. 500,000 times, 500,000 shares, a million shares. Um, she has a goal of a thousand likes in the first hour for all of her stuff. That's kind of her whole goal to tell her whether or not it was good or not. Um, it led to a Penguin Random House book deal. It read, led to the Today Show. Um, but it's, it's not the blog. It's the ability to connect and encapsulate what she's feeling as a mom because she writes about motherhood but not really she really writes about the mom the the woman Mm. who is the mom uh, and who is struggling to be more than a mom to be herself to be an entrepreneur to be um, a wife to to be somebody who does crafts or you know like something outside of motherhood Mm -hmm. Uh, so she really talks to that part of a woman Um, and she resonates with people with kids because they have the same kinds of struggles, stresses, those kinds of issues. Um, And because she has this really keen ability to connect with them at that level, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't really matter whether she's on today's show or it's a quote or it's a blog um, Mm -hmm. or it's the book, they want to share it with their sister, their mother, their friend who's a mother, and that's what makes the business run. And the moment that she loses that ability, I think, is the moment that business goes away. Mm. But I think that's exactly the same thing as Disney and JCPenney and Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Once Blockbuster no longer 
understood the pulse of their consumer, they lost. And the pulse of the consumer was, and still is, we're trying to go as digital as possible. Mm-hmm. We're not, we love the movies, but we love the convenience of the movies. Right. While Blockbuster was like, hey, we're going to be the first people to bring movies to your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize that the rest of us were waiting for them to come to our home. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you blog or podcast or vlog or whatever it is, mm-hmm. If that is a piece, like that's not a piece for me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do talk about entrepreneurship and I do talk about building the business. Um, but as you can hear on this call, it's my voice. And you could, I mean, some people probably recognize that I'm not, I'm okay with my failures and weaknesses and strengths. Um, I still make a full-time income, mm-hmm. but, um, and it's, e- I think it's easy for most people to resonate because I am not a guru who says you can, all you need is click funnels and you can make a billion right. dollars. Like, that's, <laughs> This is not the case. <laughs> click funnel is a great tool, but you need yes. a lot more. You need a whole lot of other things involved. Yeah, you need a lot more to it. Um, but the idea that you would want to take something I said and then share it with your friends is not the same as what mm-hmm. Rachel does. So different business models for different things. Like and me. it really takes a keen understanding of your own business model. What is it that truly drives the revenue? Because that's not only the, your key to success, but it's also your biggest risk. Mm-hmm. You know, like my parents run Front Porch Ideas. They make six figures on Google AdSense. Their entire business is built on Google AdSense. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the search engine stopped delivering traffic, like right. it's over. So they know their biggest strength is the search engines. Their biggest weakness is the search engines. Right. So you just really have to know your business. And blogging could be great if you can encapsulate things and you love to write. Mm-hmm. It is a great platform that's awesome and for those of you guys want to check out rachel's blog is findingjoy.net so make sure you check it out there yeah and so what do you think the biggest uh risk is for podcasters well everybody has their own business risk right Mm -hmm. internal business risk the biggest (laughs) risk for podcasters is your own personal revenue source if if you need podcasting to pay your bills I don't think you'll make it. I think you need to find another source of income. And then to give you the freedom to create really good shows. And from those shows will come your audience and the money. But if you're chasing the money on day one, you're going to burn out on podcasting. Mm -hmm. As many, many people do. You know, they get to like seven episodes and they see, (laughs) you know, 50 downloads and they realize this is too hard. Mm-hmm. So I think your biggest risk is your ability to continue. Like, can you dedicate the time? Can you focus on being a good show? Or are you thinking this is just going to be another way to make revenue quickly? In which case, I, I think it's not, it's not quick. It can be effective. It can be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's most likely not going to be on day one. That's right. So there needs to be something else in the background while you build this, <laughs> build this strength. Yeah, it's a long-term game. It's a, it's like that snowball. <laughs> Once no. that snowball goes, it starts getting some momentum. It, it gets going good, but that oh, usually yeah. doesn't happen on day one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us today. I've learned so much about your business and your ideas, and I've really appreciated you sharing your vulnerability with us too, of like, you know, the trials and 
and tribulations of an entrepreneur, um, I think sometimes are overlooked and people have a nice uh, glossy, <laughs> um, you know, sunshines and butterflies view of things. And it's nice to hear some realistic, you know, things that things happen, things are good, things are not good. Um, and it's always like a, a trial and error and yet going on the snowball <laughs> back to the oh. snowball again, <laughs> appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability with us today. And, uh, I want to also for our podcasters out there, guys, if you are interested in getting started podcasting, Dan, is there a way for them to get on a wait list for next year? Um, yeah. to, for podcasters kit, because this is a product you guys is incredible. Like there, anything you want to know about podcasting is in that kit. You don't need to buy anything else. And it's so inexpensive. <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah. It's podcasterskit.com. Perfect. Um, and then we provide, that's pretty much the only thing we sell. We do sell, um, we do sell a workshop. We do put on an eight hour workshop, but a couple times a year. Um, but otherwise, if you get on the list, we'll just tell you cool podcasting stuff until podcasters kit comes out. Hopefully, um, hopefully that's everything you'll ever need. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And so if you go to podcasterskit.com, you can um, get on the wait list so that when yep. it does come out, you've got access to it, guys, because it only goes on sale for like three days. <laughs> and if you miss it, you miss yeah, it. Yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> Yeah. So then, and Dan yeah. only does this once a year. Missed That's why it's so amazing, right? Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. So yeah, if you miss it, you're your host. Like, normally we schedule our vacation for the week after these events. <laughs> so we have little patience for the the people who say, "I just forgot." I'm like, "Well, I'm on vacation. It's too bad." <laughs> Sorry, can't let you in. You yeah. <laughs> Wait till next year. <laughs> so, no, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And uh, if you're listening and you're thinking about podcasting, guys, you don't need to buy anything else. Just buy the kit and you've got so much great content in there. So much, so many great templates, tools, like trainings are free. Our podcasters, um, uh, podcasters blueprint uh live program is in there too like so many great things so uh reach out and get on the list so that you don't miss it for next year <laughs> rock on yes all right thank you so much dan for being here with us today i will look forward to chatting with you again and uh amplify you family go out there your uniqueness is your genius amplify it to the world is ours go out there and be great and we'll see you again next week Woo. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.